Welcome to the Empire Files podcast. I'm your host, Abby Martin. And this is Mike Preisner. Earlier this month, an anonymous Reddit user posted bombshell audio of a surreptitiously recorded meeting between Los Angeles City Council President Nuri Martinez, council members Kevin DeLeon and Gil Cedillo, and L.A. Labor Federation President Ron Herrera. All are Democrats. The L.A. Times picked up the story and exposed it. On the hour-long recording, they are appallingly racist, openly disparaging several minority groups they represent, while freely embracing corruption and discussing plans to siphon more power with redistricting redistricting schemes. (laughs) We usually don't cover local politics, but we live in Los Angeles. Not only is L.A. the second biggest city in the heart of the empire, but it also won in a landslide for Bernie Sanders in the 2020 primary. And right now there's a lot happening locally that's elevating DSA figures into positions of power and posing a real threat to the Democratic Party establishment. The story is so significant that even President Biden has weighed in, calling for the resignation of all three who, at the time of this recording, none have left office. The story is so shocking and such an emblematic example of how electoral politics works across the country that we feel like we had to break it down. So we're joined by Josh Androsky, hilarious comedian and activist based here in L.A. that's been working closely with some of these DSA campaigns. Many of you Empire Babies may recognize Josh's voice from some of our episodes, the CIA death squads in Afghanistan, where he wrote and narrated the hilarious satirical commercial in the beginning. We first met Josh working on the Nithya Raman campaign a couple of years ago, And I also did an interview with her for Empire Files, which ended up as a major left-wing victory in the city and plays into the current scandal in a very big way. Full disclosure, Josh is a political player himself here in L.A. City Council campaigns, but that's why we wanted to have you on, Josh, because you know these issues so intimately. Um, Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's really nice to be called a political player. Like it's, <laughs> I'm just used to being called like, hey, that guy on mushrooms. <laughs> Start by talking about your role in the Nithia campaign and just your your work uh, through these campaigns and stuff from since that time. Sure. Yeah. Um, so a little bit before the Nithia campaign, there was uh, a movement for a public bank in LA. Oh, right. Um, Abby, you spoke at that rally. It kind of feeds into all of this, right? Like um, 2017 was a big year for local politics. And in general, just like after Bernie um, was beaten in the primary uh, and then after Donald Trump became president, a lot of people were like, oh, I guess I got to do something. Uh, And I was one of them. This was to take you know, um, our money out of Wall Street, out of uh, Wells Fargo, out of uh, Bank of America, you know, like that was one part of it was like, we shouldn't put our $10 billion annual budget in the hands of these freaks. And then the other part was, um, we can use this money to build something. Uh, (laughs) And so nobody uh, helped us. Uh, We all volunteered. uh, And we got like, close to half the vote which is cool um and our analysis was oh nobody trusts the people who would be implementing the public bank you know city council 
Did they ever take a um, stand on it? I'm sorry. Did they ever have an opinion on it? Like the did anyone uh, ever on the comment? public bank? Yeah. Yeah, it was very typical of the stuff that was revealed in these tapes. Publicly, they said that they really um, supported it. And people like Kevin DeLeon, who is in these tapes, like came out. But really, all it was was it was being used to sort of um, promote their own left bona fides in elections that they were currently in. Mm -hmm. So KDL came just to be like, I'm a progressive. Uh, and didn't do anything to actually help in any material way whatsoever. Um, and that was basically it. It was like um, good words uh, in front of the cameras. And then behind the scenes, it was like, oh, yeah, we promise we're going to get this to you. Oh, we promise. And then it never came. So after public bank campaign, that's when yeah, you started so we... go pursuing city council stuff. Yeah, and sorry I forgot about that. It So much shit has happened. <laughs> it's like really insane that, that, is that was where we first met you actually that's totally that where rally. we first met you it was an awesome rally and it was crazy how far that was pushed by grassroots efforts and how how much support it had from just the people um despite this rampant corruption that we're about to go over yeah uh and then so you know it started with nithia right um we wanted to a, a friend of mine was like hey there's this person who created this homeless uh, uh, services organization that's actually bringing together, um, you know, the unhoused, um, their traditional allies and advocates who are either, you know, social workers or like young lefties um, and crucially homeowners. She was able to get homeowners to understand their role in this and, and to understand why it was happening. Um, and so we were like, well, <laughs> she seems like she'd be great. And she didn't want to do it. And we had to convince her. Uh, and then, uh, which is always the sign, by the way, of a very good politician. If they're <laughs> like, no, I don't want power. <laughs> we went up against the establishment. We got no support from anyone in the establishment. In fact, everyone in the establishment was attacking us, trying to stop us. I mean, it went as far as fucking Hillary Clinton. They got Hillary Clinton right, to right. endorse against Nithia. Yep. In, a low, in a city shit. council campaign, that's highly unusual right her and pelosi endorsed oh against my God. <laughs> but what they didn't realize is that the electorate has changed and that was the number one fundraising day of nithia's <laughs> campaign oh man yeah when hillary attaches her name to you that's that's a Ooh, pretty big depending on where you live <laughs> yeah right if i'm not mistaken la county was like the biggest percentage of bernie wins in the primary of like any other county in the country or something huge. i'm not sure like if that's seven. true but yeah. i think it's like extremely high comparatively so that kind of says a lot about the the voter base here yeah it's completely changed and a big part of that nithia campaign was about sort of um th th that campaign was premised on the people of los angeles are good uh they want to help just nobody's told them how mm -hmm. and so that was born out to be true. Uh, and and I think that what we did was we focused a lot of this progressive energy that had been focused on um, national politics and said, well, I mean, they didn't say this, but I said this. I was like, you can't do anything for that. Um, <laughs> like, you can't do shit. You're a person. You're never going to stop a fucking senator. Good luck. But there's your own local version of Pelosi or Hillary or Trump or fucking Ted Cruz or whatever. They're all there. 
They're all there in your town and you can affect that. Some of these people who are the players in the new city council, you're behind several of those. those oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Talk about these new up and coming cats. For sure. So, yeah, after Nithia won, it really just opened the floodgates. We were like, we could actually do this. Like take right? over city council. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was on the table. <laughs> right. And so in addition to that, two of the top three most Bernie voting districts in the city and therefore in the country, right? So we targeted those two districts because they had the most... Um, right-wing reactionary i'm trying to find like the right word there's so many words so the biggest reason that all this is happening that everybody's paying attention to this shit um in the first place is because you know yes we did a bunch of civic education but we i cannot take even a little bit of the credit because there were two things that happened one um the the elections were synced up with the national elections mm. before they had been on off years two is a universal vote by mail right so that completely changed the electorate it's it describes why ugo soto martinez who is a labor leader uh proud socialist uh and longtime organizer of like immigrant housekeepers um to win fair wages, health care, and respect on the job, right? Uh, and Aeneses Hernandez, who is a longtime, uh, like, victor. She's a winner in fights against the carceral system. She doesn't only, like, identify what's wrong. She actually is, you know, in her fucking 20s, she shut down a jail and got it turned into, like, a mental health facility. Uh, and so these people that... I mean, even in 2020 would have been like beyond the pale to to be able to 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 run <laughs> to 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 get more than 10 percent of the vote right now. What happens in the primary in June? Ugo uh, beats his incumbent by nine points in the primary and they head to a runoff where he's in first place unprecedented it was totally and then yeah i mean that was crazy honestly because as an entrenched incumbent too, yeah i mean that was guy, yeah no, he's a, yeah exactly yeah he's the number two um he's the number two in line for uh city council president we'll get into that in a sec um and and then a &E says hernandez straight up like nobody else ran in that race so it became a one-on-one -on -one, which is impossible terrain the primary is the general, and she started late in the primary. So no, every single person wrote her off. She had zero establishment connection. She had, you know, no, uh, 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 like, name recognition. Um, and yet, she beat her opponent, Gil Cedillo, who is in these tapes, uh, by mm -hmm. about 8 to 9%, maybe 10%, straight up, one-on-one, -on -one, she's the council member now. It really signifies just the rejection of status quoism, even from people who are just a part of that kind of, kind of Democratic Party machinery. First of all, L.A. is just going downhill. <laughs> you know, people can see it. it people are suffering. Um, homelessness is on the rise. Uh, COVID destroyed so much. There, you know, the protections were very little. And people see that. People understand that. And I think that they can relate you know, the Bernie momentum with 
DSA campaigns and candidates and and it worked, man. I mean, I, it's really crazy that it worked. I saw plenty of like campaign literature and stuff up around Hollywood and being like, oh, these right. like, you know, these like DSA shills, like, con- like, I don't even know what the fuck it was. I mean, it was obviously Democratic Party. Do we even, Josh, I, I meant to send you a picture of this, but um, there, we wa- there's a street in Hollywood where there's someone spray painted on the sidewalk. Oh, my God. Mitch O'Farrell is cool. Yeah, it was like, we're like dude, paid. Mitch, you definitely <laughs> paid someone to do this. Like, nobody. First of all, no one would use those words <laughs> who like is tagging shit up like so and so is cool. But it was just like such a fake thing. <laughs> but it, that's so funny. That's like when somebody like, you know, burns down their own car and writes like Antifa power, <laughs> Antifa supremacy or some shit that like nobody would ever say. Um, so you were involved. I mean, it's it's very cool because like everyone it's not an original idea to be like, oh, let's harness the burning momentum into something else. It's like everyone wants to do that, but it like is rarely accomplished. And so you were involved in these two campaigns uh and they're still going on because Hugo still has to run in this runoff election. But let's get to the juicy shit. Um, yes. The people in these tapes, let's first introduce who these people are because people who aren't, I mean, I live in LA and I don't know a lot about these people. Mm-hmm. Like, I know about like Gil Cedillo. I kind of knew about Kevin DeLeon. They're, you know, like Gil Cedillo, I think, spoke at the Brig Bernie rally in Los Angeles. He like opened it up. He was Bernie endorsed, I think. Uh, Kevin DeLeon, he ran in a primary, uh, last primary against, against he tried to Feinstein. primary Diane Feinstein and came very, very close to winning. He also was endorsed by Bernie in that primary. So those figures, I kind of knew a little about them, but not too much. But then like Nuri Martinez, the president who's getting most of the fire from this because uh, she said some of the most outrageous stuff. I don't really, I didn't even really know who she was or that she was on city council. So anyways, can you, before we get into what they have she done. She just looks nuts, you know. Yeah, she looks like somebody. She looks like somebody who has like screamed at a waiter. <laughs> like, like she looks like somebody where if like you see her at the deli or whatever, you're like, "Fuck, this is gonna be a thing." She's not. She's not a call the manager type person. She's a like handle business herself with the employee. Like, I will person. get them fired. Yeah, I am the manager and deported everywhere I walk into. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna call the manager because I am the manager. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so can you first introduce these characters before we get into what they actually did? Nuri Martinez, Kevin DeLeon, Gil Cedillo. Who are they and why are they, I guess, important that they have been uh, or that they may step down? Sure. So let's start with Nuri Martinez, the city council president. Uh, Nuri Martinez got her start at um, a nonprofit organization that did. Uh, so she's from the Valley. She represents the Valley. Um, and she got her start, uh, with a, a, a nonprofit organization that did sort of like climatey, not necessarily controversial, but also like pretty good work. Um, and, but she always had political ambitions, um, that were apparently fueled by anti-Semitism. Um, <laughs> I'm not making that up. Uh, she went into, she, this is how much fucking hubris this lady has. Like, um, mere days before the tapes came out, uh, <laughs> she had an interview with the L.A. Times where she was like, yeah, see, I grew up in San Fernando and there were all these Jewish white men. And it was like, oh, the Burmans and the Katzes <laughs> of the world. And, you know, they'd say that they were, you know, with the community, but we'd only see them on TV. 
Wait, so- wait. So like several tropes. First of all, like wait. Jews own like all the real estate, and then they're also like on the media. It's like what the fuck, dude? Yeah, this woman. It it's like who didn't she go after? Like, but, also, she- but that's how casual her racism is. Where she just like exactly. <laughs> I mean, she. Did. It's fucking insane. So she comes to the valley and then she becomes a part of there is this establishment sort of Chicano um, political machine in the valley that, um, you know, Alex Padilla uh, came out of. Right. He's the the senator for Mm -hmm. uh, California, took over Kamala Harris's seat now. And he was sort of her, for lack of a better word, rabbi. Uh, and like kind of ushered her through the political space. She is a fucking fighter. She is a fighter. Um, she got a seat on the uh, school board with a uh, sort of families first. That was her slogan, families first, uh, which is incredible uh, because of what she said about Mike Bonin, council members, uh, Mike Bonin's family. <laughs> Um, uh, she should have said like, uh, families first, unless, um, there is a black person in that family. <laughs> um, so that like, that catapulted her into the city council and then she was a part of the city council. She actually, and, and to the point where she's a fighter, right? She lost her primary, but did, but made the runoff mm. and, and then won in the runoff. And that's tenacity. I mean, you you don't do that by accident. Like, she fought her fucking ass off, and she won. And that's who she is. She's a scraper. She's a clar. She's a fighter. And the way she talked in those tapes is exactly how she talks to every single person, as evident by this fucking L.A. Times wow. article that she was like, I don't like Jews. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so she, she, what she did is... She presided over a great transition of city council. So Herb Wesson, who is basically the Clay Davis, if anybody's watched The Wire, like the ultimate wheeler and dealer on city council, who was the wheeler and dealer that like used um, the public bank to his own political benefit the most. Um, he was the city council president for quite some time, maybe a decade. And his term was like uh, his term was notable because of the absurd amount of unanimous votes. Herb's whole thing was, we get in the back room, we hash this shit out, and when we come out into the public where we're supposed to actually be debating this stuff, we're all going to vote the same way, or nothing that you want will ever be up for a vote. And that's a very important thing to know about the role of city council president. The way that the city council works is very similar to um, many other local governmental bodies, wherein there will be committees, right? The homelessness committee, the housing committee, the fucking public safety committee, right? Um, And once something comes out of those committees, it is at the full discretion of city council to say, you don't get this, or of of the council president to just ignore it forever. Uh, to never, ever, ever let you get your vote up, no matter how important, no matter how uh, transformational, no matter how needed, uh, what she will then uh, do. And so basically what I'm what I'm getting at is Nuri really innovated this part of council. 
So we went from 99.7%. I think that's the number. If it's not the number, it's 99 point something percent. Unanimous votes under Herb Wesson to under Nuri Martinez. It all of a sudden, there weren't these unanimous votes. But she would, more than anybody else, fuck you and not let your shit get through. And in fact, if you did have a good idea, she would just write her own version of it and submit it under her name. Wow. Yeah, so she ruled with an iron grip. And nobody in council (laughs) liked working with her, but the problem was she got the inside track um, to become council president after Herb uh, termed out. And then once you have it, it's just inertia, right? You're the council president now. So would you would you threaten that? Like, would you would you try to topple her if you knew you couldn't? If you knew that that meant that literally nothing on your political agenda will even be up for a vote? No, she's no, ruthless. of course not. She's ruthless, and you could tell by the way that she talks on the tape is just the entitlement, you know, and um, the privilege that she has, where she's just like she rules the roost, man. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna play some of the clips once we get through these other introductions. But to wrap up, Nuri, she definitely she's also someone who clearly had big political mm-hmm. ambitions and actually still does have big political ambitions by virtue of the fact that she is uh, not resigning. She thinks maybe she could weather this storm, but she obviously city council president was not the last stop for her, especially if you're saying, Josh, she was mentored by Alex Padilla, who is now a California senator. Um, she was obviously being tracked to uh, follow a similar path and it seems still believes that she has that. Um, if we could kind of maybe quickly go through just kevin and gill um and they're because they're both kind of these progressive latino incumbent city council guys can you talk just briefly about the the two of them sure um kevin and gill are very similar but very different they're very similar in the fact that they have this reputation for being progressive but also don't do anything progressive (laughs) uh i would say um kevin isn't as much of a reactionary in policy as Gil, um, but Kevin is, uh, he just doesn't do fucking anything. Um, Kevin DeLeon is, um, I like to call him uh, low battery Obama uh, because he uh, really, um, you know, uh, (laughs) talks like this. (laughs) And he is known in city council for being the person who likes to hear his own voice the most. Uh, which is insane considering the egos you saw on display in just this fucking tape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he is the rambler. He is the guy that'll just fucking talk, 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 never say anything, um, and and just sort of coast on the fact that he does look really good in a dress shirt and jeans. Like, that's where all his power comes from. He looks fucking incredible in a dress shirt and jeans. <laughs> He's got great hair. Great yeah, hair. Yeah, he hair does have really good hair amazing head of hair on that guy um i think that was mentioned in the tapes wow it was like i'm very aware of it where his power comes from (laughs) i'm not kidding i think in the tapes somebody was like um uh, i can't remember uh but anyway uh he so he's interesting because he was the president of the california state senate and that's like a massive position Mm. right so and then he ran against feinstein like you said uh, from the left and came very close to primarying her uh and and lost but he has these ambitions i mean he probably expected to run against her again yeah right right. it's like if he were that close to to unseating feinstein in the primary 
you would expect that, you know. Especially as she's getting older, you know. You're like, how well will she fare in the next election? Mm -hmm. So obviously that wasn't his last stop either. Right. And he he ran for mayor. There's never been an office this guy won't fucking run for. Mm -hmm. He ran for mayor and got like 9% of the vote. And while (laughs) running for mayor, uh, literally filed to run for lieutenant governor. Wow. Yeah. This guy is maybe the most sort of dead-eyed, ambitious one out of all of them. Mm. Like, the other two are very emotional. Kevin is not at all. However, there are a lot of rumors that I have heard that allegedly Kevin has been embroiled in several Me Too scandals. Ooh, I can Um, see it. And one one very, very good key into this portion of his mind is actually a really not remarked upon part of these tapes where they talk about how white liberals will always be the first to bail on you, which is like not wrong. Um, They then come up with um, absurd examples of how white liberals bailed on you. One of them was they bailed on Jose Huizar, who is like in jail right now for like (laughs) rampant, massive corruption (laughs) involving like pay to play developer shit. Uh, And the other one that Kevin brings up is this guy, um, Tony Mendoza, who is in the uh, who was forced to resign for uh, multiple credible sexual harassment allegations from his very own staff. Uh, and so Kevin's like, yeah, isn't that fucked up that, that they got rid of this guy? Uh, so, yeah, that's Kevin. Um, Gil, Gil, Gil's an interesting character. The thing that I'm bummed the most about in these tapes is you don't get to see the real Gil in these mm-hmm. tapes. Um, Gil is the one that is, like, I guess the most hungover uh, in the tapes uh, because the Dodgers were in the playoffs uh, when it was happening, as mentioned at the beginning of the tapes. So um, Gil is... One of the most interesting people on city council. He is a labor leader um, and an immigration rights leader with SEIU, which he fucking shit talks in the tapes. He shit talks <laughs> SEIU. He's like, oh, you can't trust anything from SEIU. Uh, and then. Which he would uh, probably be nothing without. I mean, that credential yeah, is like big for his career. Oh, of course. And then he was in the state that he he spun that to, to, to a role in um, the state legislature where he was. Known as One Bill Gill, because he did one bill, and it was a great bill, uh, to give undocumented immigrants IDs for state services, right? So they could fucking drive a car legally and shit. Um, great bill. Only one. One Bill Gill. So then he, uh, you know, becomes a city council member, and he was the first council member uh, in Los Angeles, I believe the first political figure in Los Angeles to endorse Bernie back in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he endorsed him again um, in this most recent round. And as you mentioned, he was in Venice with Bernie. He's got pictures with Bernie. Um, he did. He fucked Bernie in this. He was so desperate uh, in this campaign that he fucked Bernie. And the year before the campaign actually um, was like in real kickoff is when the campaign technically starts. And so he got the Bernie campaign to endorse him back in fucking 2021 before anybody had announced to run against him. Right. Um, And the the Bernie campaign, I'm sure of it, thought, oh, well, this is for 2021 and we know this guy and it's great. Uh, 
but it wasn't. It was for the 2022 election. That's crazy. That he got it, right? And then he put it fucking everywhere. And I have it on good authority that Bernie World was like, don't put our shit up. Uh, and he did anyway. What a snake, dude. Such a snake. Um, and also the biggest sort of like rat fucker in council. Uh, and working on the Anisas campaign, you know, you try to do events in the community at restaurants, at bars or whatever. Um, and every single place that agreed to do a uh, an event for Anisas got a call the next day <gasps> from someone with Gil's office that was like, hey, you wouldn't want like a surprise inspection, would you? What? Wait a minute. Straight up mob shit. <laughs> okay. Wow. And, and, and... In his fucking uh, schedule that somebody did like a public records act um, request to find, there is on his calendar that he went to El Chapo's niece's quinceanera. Get no out of here. <laughs> way. Okay, straight. Look it up, up. dude. <laughs> Holy dude. shit. How do you so get invited Gil, to that thing? Yeah. <laughs> right? I don't know. You got to do fucking something. <laughs> Holy shit. Dude, I actually man. used to work at a fancy restaurant in downtown LA, and he was in, I, he had come in a few times, but he would always be in there with like real estate developers, like the big real estate developers in LA. So I didn't know much about him. I just felt like it was just like, a, it just looked slimy, you know, expensive restaurant getting taken out by these just billionaire guys who want to just build a new high rise or whatever and that gill's got the keys but yep and fits. and that is the thing gill presided over one of only two districts the other one was ugo's opponent mitch o'farrell who we'll get to who was meant he 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 lingers like a ghost in these tapes all the times he's fucking mentioned um but gill pushed out all of the people that he claims to represent the latino power that he keeps talking about he and mitch are the only two districts that had people actually leave they actually lost population in the census all the other districts in los angeles gained population in the census and the reason why is this exact developer bullshit developing these uh luxury high-rise condos that no essential worker no working class latino person nobody that rides the fucking bus to and from work could ever afford and so what happens they get pushed out to fucking san bernardino to downey to all these like exurbs outside the city and end up having to drive four hours into you know round trip to get to fucking work which is why our smog is the worst of the fucking nation again all because of people like Gil. It's such an important contradiction to talk about because here they are talking about how important it is to strengthen their Latino strongholds while at the same time pushing out working class poor Latinos. So really, who who are they talking about here? They're talking about like upper class Latino people like <laughs> Nuri Martinez. I mean, it, that's really realistically who can afford to stay in these districts when you're making all of these backdoor deals with real estate developers. Um, yes. Let's and let's. I'm, yeah, go ahead. So so sorry. I'm I, I just this is a point that needs to be sort of um, really, really underlined. I'm so happy you're saying this. The media is getting this wrong. They're saying that they're doing this for Latino power or, or, or for mm -hmm. Latino political gain or whatever. It's not. It's their political gain mm -hmm. very specifically and their machines political gain. And I think that that is very evident. And, and I hope we can talk about this more. Um, in all the talk about being anti-renter and preventing yes. renters from having political power. Yep. Yep, exactly. No, that that's the big bombshell here, I think, um, be, beyond just the <laughs> blatant <laughs> racist comments that are just absolutely appalling. Right, yeah, but, like L.A. housing, it's like gentrification is not just like a, a white person problem yeah, moving no, to Latino neighborhoods, but 
people with money yeah. of all uh, nationalities coming into working class renter Latino neighborhoods and, and changing them. So. Yeah, and so, speculating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's interesting about the person who published the tape, we don't know who it is yet, but um, the people involved in the scandal were trying very hard to prevent the tape from coming out. They have basically pursued very serious charges against this guy. Everywhere I read has to have like a disclaimer about like wiretapping law, you know, in California and how highly illegal this was. Kudos to the LA Times for going ahead and publishing this, um, despite I'm sure plenty of legal threats from city council with their lawyers and and legal teams. So let's get into the tapes because they are, I mean, from what I understand, they're not surprising for people who, like you said, I'm sure Nuri Martinez and all of these people have had, you know, sordid histories of racist policies and discriminatory things, especially Nuri. But it is shocking and how open it is because it's very obvious that they talk like this constantly, especially her leading the conversation, being this openly and virulently racist. Um, That it was so commonplace that even, you know, Gil was just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I mean, if someone in a room with me, even if they were a family member, let alone a progressive colleague said, he's with the blacks, that's something that you literally will never forget. And you would also challenge and be like, hold on, what the fuck are you talking about, man? But the fact that this was so casual and just forgotten about because of how common it was, I think really speaks volumes um, and so the tapes cover a lot. I mean, it's it's racism, it's corruption, an anti-democratic redistricting plot. <laughs> Can't say that word. But let's start. Let's get the racism out of the way because it is just so in your face. Um, it's like cartoonish, actually, how in your face it is. So let's start by hearing um, the racist comments about Mike Bonin, um, a gay council member's then two-year-old black son, just a little toddler very shocking stuff, Mike, if you can. Yeah, sure. And um, all right. So, yeah, Nuri Martinez is the one getting the most amount of publicity mm-hmm. from this scandal because her comments were, I think, maybe the most uh, outrageous on their face. But as we'll cover in this, all three of them had some crazy shit to say, if not just by virtue of yeah, not challenging just laughing her. along, um, adding Okay, adding so here's the comments. first. here's the first one. Where she's talking about so apparently just for context the mlk day parade there is a float and mm-hmm. mike bonin uh was on the float with his child who was uh adopted black child who was two years old at the time mm-hmm. and uh here's nuri martinez talking about this it's like the oddest thing it's like black and brown on this float and then there's a there's white guy with the little black kid who's misbehaved. Este niño has no, he's, they're not doing a, yeah, no, they're not doing, the kid is bouncing off the effing wall on the floor, practically <laughs> tipping it over. There's nothing you can do to control him. Changuito. And I'm just like, oh my God. Okay, so parse changuito means like little monkey. monkey. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, like, I, I looked up, I tried to find if Nuri Martinez has children. It appears that she does not. Mm. Uh, to think that a two-year-old child can be calm on a fucking big bouncy float. It's like, dude, toddlers are out of their mind. Like, can you imagine yeah. our, our kid? Putting our, 
putting our kid on a float and just being like, sit still. Yeah, don't jump around. It's like, dude, of course he's going to fucking jump around. That shit's amazing. Well, let's, our... let's go right to the next clip, though, because she uh, she talks about Gascon, that, you know, the guy who made sweeping reforms to, like, L.A. criminal justice system on the heels of Black Lives Matter sure. and what she says about him. You don't want to hear her saying she should beat the Oh, yeah, the yeah, sure. I thought that I, I <laughs> okay, didn't know Okay, here's that her that. talking about the the child once again, the two-year-old okay. child. Where you think I'm like a little white kid, which I was like, this kid needs a beat down. Like, let me let me take him around the corner and then I'll bring him back. Yeah. Yeah. Se me Ven It's a pinch. Yeah. So anyways, getting back to revision. So anyways, getting back to our insane corruption <laughs> and redistricting plot. <laughs> okay, here, uh, let's hear about her comment on Gascon. Yeah, Gascon yeah. is the new district attorney mm-hmm. he was a this was another kind of big insurgent campaign that that shocked a lot of people he was like a black lives matter endorsed district district attorney that won the election and came in and did some pretty sweeping i mean some of the like most radical yeah uh criminal justice stuff in the country um so anyways here's her comments on him he did call me he wants to have breakfast with me um, we're taking him so long I haven't, I just said, hey, we need to talk. He, you supported him from the... I don't worry, I got you. Um, uh, yeah. So you'll start seeing him line up. He's with the blacks. Isaac was the first. He's with the blacks. He's with the blacks. Fuck that guy. She also calls the kid a, a negrito. Right. Which is like another offensive word for a black person. So, yeah. she I mean, also has some. Hold on, there's some other racist stuff. The K Town one. No, no, no. Well, hold on, okay. hold on. First, I just want to comment on how you know, Josh. I mean, again, like the entitlement that one must feel to be on tape calling a little black toddler a monkey that deserves to be beaten down, and then only resign as city council president with yes. this absurd statement, being like, my actions will determine like how how fit I am moving forward. Like, I'm just going to like dedicate. It's like, wait, what the that fuck is are you talking? It's honestly. Using a racial slur is an action. It, it's honestly beyond the pale that she is that privileged that she's just like, this is going to blow over. I mean, what the fuck is she thinking? And what were Sadio and Leon thinking showing up to the city council meeting like two days after the story broke, dude? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> so these comments, right? And there's other ones in there too, where um, the the former president of the Federation of Labor, Ron Herrera, he says mm-hmm. he resigned immediately. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's the only one who did, and I think a big reason why is that two of the most powerful and um, beloved unions in the uh, city are black led, mm-hmm. and uh, you know have have many, many, many black members. Uh, so I think that they were able to flex their power uh, and get the get him the fuck out of here. Uh, but he mentions like a line about like, oh, yeah, it's like one of those things you'd see on a plantation. What? The child? It uh, That's what it seems like. Yes, it's Holy. in this conversation. You can't really hear it that well because of the crosstalk. Oh, my God. But yes, he's like you, you very clearly hear him say like on a plantation. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then uh, Kevin is um, riffing with uh, Nuri about how Mike uses his black adopted son as an accessory i believe he even says like points to nuri and, and is like yeah like you use a louis vuitton bag I which mean... is insane insane and here's what i think these this is another thing that i don't think the news is quite understanding yet 
this wasn't a friendly meeting. They had disagreements around um, redistricting, and we can get into that when we when we start talking about it. But one of them, or you know, Nuri really liked one map, and Gil really liked another map, and that and Kevin had stuff in both maps that he really wanted to take care of, and so that's why Ron convened this meeting on behalf of Nuri to just like hammer this shit out right here. So they don't really like each other. They're not friends. It's just that they need to bond in this moment with each other and the only way the only thing that connects all of them other than you know their deep (laughs) ambition uh for power is racism and so like shit man right like like this is a this is a thing where they're egging each other on and going one after the other to be like yes i'm with you so that when they try to fucking stab them in the fucking back they won't notice it mm-hmm. i mean it's and honestly so, sick it, it really it's sickening it really is it's really and really deeply sick it's 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 truly rotten like like it's truly like the definition of the word rotten and and i think that explains why Kevin and Gil came because they were only like, oh, well, Nuri said like the 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 worst lines. Yeah, right. So, right. you know, no, the, the audio hasn't come out yet of like all, because at, at that point, you know, at this point uh, yesterday, uh, I don't think enough people understand that Knock.LA has released the full audio mm-hmm. of all of the tapes mm-hmm. um, in a row in one go. And so I think that they thought that oh, Nuri's going to get all the fucking, you know, uh, bullshit mm-hmm. um, and and not me. Uh, and so they, yeah, that that to me, it describes, like that explains the casual gleeful nature of the racism, right? Obviously they're casual gleeful racists, but they're using that to bond with each other. It's so crazy and it makes so much sense because every story that i read initially from local press before i saw the knock la stuff was just quoting nuri you know and they said the louis vuitton thing but i was like that's really fucked up but but certainly when you listen to the tape yourself you hear all of them egging each other on laughing having a, a laugh. green having a laugh a green with her like yeah 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 like that i mean you cannot excuse that away and you cannot pretend like you were just a you know, a silent actor in that conversation, which would have been bad enough. Yeah, you know, I actually want to play a little bit of Mike Bonin's speech at City Council. Oh, yeah. Because in response to, like, Kevin DeLeon's comment about how his black child is, like, an accessory, like, I mean, clearly there are some issues in the U.S. with, like, weird white people adopting. Hey, like, I'm, I'm like, sorry to interrupt, yeah. uh, but there is breaking news. Nuri <gasps> Martinez has just resigned. Oh! She's out. She is out. Yeah, dude. Well, I yes. mean, how we did it, not? Joe. Yeah, we, we did, did it, Joe. Joe. <laughs> right. Well, live we reaction. It. <laughs> I mean, it, it seemed like it, it was inevitable. I mean, when once if you're trying to become like a if you're trying to advance in your political career and this happens and you're like, I can just ride this out, you know, wait till it blows over. And then fucking Joe Biden, <laughs> yeah. the president and leader of the Democratic Party, comes out and says, no, you're done. It's like, what can you do? I mean, I know what she can do. She could rebrand as a. Republican. Pull uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Right. Not pull in, Tulsi Gabbard, but 
I, I, I'm so fucking mad that um, we didn't get a Joe Biden clip talking about it, that it was just his chief of staff mm-hmm. or whatever that was talking about it. Right. And like, can't you just imagine that he'd be like, you know, something, I don't know, like, uh, man, I heard words like that at Fight University. <laughs> and, 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 and you know what? I, I grabbed him by the, by, by the neck and said, blacks are pals, Mexicans, Puerto Rican friendship is the best I know. Uh, too bad. Too late. Maybe we'll get one. Uh, get one of him. Uh, I guarantee you, Gale, it's but. not the last we will see of this woman. She is too power hungry and too crazy. Well, to here's just the thing: is away. like she, like Tulsi, uh, she was always kind of a right wing. I mean, if she talks about uh, Jewish people and black people and uh, indigenous people, which we haven't played yet, like when you talk like that, like you are a, you're a right winger, mm-hmm. and the Democratic Party was just her vehicle for power. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's a Latina; exactly. she can like play that. You know, it's it's the area she was born. I mean, if she was born in fucking Florida, she probably would have been a Republican. Um, not because she was raised there, but because that's who she is. Or if she transplanted to Florida, she'd be like, "Oh, I'm this." In order for me to succeed in this district, I have to be a Republican. So, you know, we could see her uh, relocating to Texas or something and uh, starting fresh. But definitely possible. But cool. I imagine. Um, I think it. Kevin and Gill might be able to hold out because their comments were not as like sensational yeah. i guess but josh did you have any other comment on the nuri resignation yeah, well, before we play this this uh clip uh i mean other than uh ding dong the witch is dead um <laughs> uh yeah you know mike you brought up a really good point about the one party system that we have in uh, california and uh, even more in los angeles uh and there are you know there are Republicans there traditionally in the very, very, very Northeast Valley. Um, there have that has been the sole Republican seat uh, in the Los Angeles City Council. But the way in which things have gone now, the guy that's Republican that is serving in that seat, who also is about to go down for federal corruption charges. He literally was like uh, he wasn't named, but he was referred to as um, a, a person of interest, city staffer B. Um, in in the uh, <laughs> in a scandal that involved people literally exchanging brown paper bags of money in a casino bathroom, I'm not making that up. Dude, LA City Council is wild, man. I, I should Dude, have been following lit. these politics all sooner. It's pretty cool. Yeah, well, Nuri it's Martinez. Lit. I saw um, she was also on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, as I'm sure right. you saw, and she did yep. like a poverty porn tour with Kim, where she's just touring these homeless encampments and talking in front of a homeless guy, being like, he doesn't want help. You know, he these people deny social services and like they're like there's nothing you can do for him, you know. And then she goes back with Kim where they're all like talking about the more homeless people or the unhoused people, the scarier it can be. Like you need to stay in your car because it gets dicey. And then she goes back with Kim and basically just excoriates the unhoused community by being like, you know, they they harbor like criminals, rapists and trafficked teens like going on and on and on. It's like, what the fuck? fuck are you talking about like basically being like in every unhoused community there's like a traffic teen being harbored and like it's insane <laughs> it it's it's like oh my god can you believe it teenagers probably lgbtq trans right. that are escaping uh, horrific abuse in their own homes come to los angeles because we have this reputation of being fucking uh welcoming and then uh nuri and mitchell farrell uh, in particular um they created this law 4118 which was initially an anti-hippie law that was long off the books 
uh, to basically make it illegal to be homeless or poor in about 20% of the city of Los Angeles. And the way in which they did it, and this is so fucking like instructive of the person Nuri is, is they centered the entire debate around schools. And they were like, right. this is about the children. This is about Family the first. families. Family first. Exactly. It's all about so, that. Let's hear from um, Mike. Before we got that, uh, yeah, before we got that, Mike Bonin, not Mike Reisner. Mike, yeah, not um, you. But yeah, before we got that breaking news, I was just saying how the, you know, there's a, a critique to be had about mm. white adoptive parents who are crazy. Uh, you know, like everyone knows that photo of the black child in the fedora at the Black Lives Matter protest who's crying and hugging a white police officer. You know, his parents... I think fall into that category or his mom who ended up driving him and his siblings off of a cliff and killing them. That was, that's real, right? That wasn't just a no, Atlanta episode yeah. that happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like celebrity, like white celebrities who like a, go to Africa and adopt a bunch of kids. Like there's something I guess off and like Amy Coney Barrett, you know, like I, I can see the, the, the critique there. Mike Bonin is, is, does not fall into that category seems like a really good guy and also like you don't like go to the adoption thing and you're like i want a white one you know like if you want to a lot of times when you adopt a kid you're just like i want to adopt a child in need and they're like here's the, the kids that here's a kid that needs a, a family right now so it's like the implication that people like pick out like they're at a store like what skin tone they want like that's not how fucking adoption works anyway it is if you're like a very rich celebrity like obviously you go shopping for a louis vuitton bag exactly um, but anyways <laughs> i think just to illustrate how fucked up Kevin DeLeon is for making that comment. I just wanted to play a little bit of Mike Bonin speaking at city council about, uh, about the tapes. Um, you know, I know that I can never really know or comprehend or feel the, the weight of the, 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 the daily relentless racism, anti-black racism that my son is going to face. But man, I know the fire that you feel when someone tries to destroy black boy joy. Man, uh, it's a rage. And you know, my husband and I were both raised at a time when, as gay men, we didn't think that we would be married or that we would be allowed to have kids, or that we'd be allowed to have a family, uh, because our relationships and our families were considered illegitimate. And a lot of what on these tapes stung. Um, but over the past two days, I've heard about a lot more than, 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 than me and my family. I've heard about attacks on the Oaxacanio community. Uh, I've heard the homophobic tropes. Uh, I've heard anti-Semitic remarks. Uh, I've heard uh, uh, in, in, incredible coordinated efforts to disenfranchise blacks and renters and to weaken the, the voice of, of progressives and, and to undermine anyone who tries to do coalition building. And it, it's overwhelming and... Uh, yeah, I, I really like that he just, you know, earlier I think he says we were really concerned that this story would be made about a white father's anger mm -hmm. over his child. And he was just like, and that's, you know, it has to be centered around the black community. And then he goes on to just say that really emotional statement about he'll never understand 
what his son will go through, but he sure as fuck understands when someone tries to take away a toddler's joy that doesn't understand his place in the world yet. It's just really sad. Seems like a good guy and a good dad. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Uh, I'm lucky enough to call Mike Bonin a friend. Uh, and I have seen with my own eyes the way he and his partner, Sean, um, parent their son. Uh, and it's beautiful uh, from, you know, playing video games to helping with homework to uh, roughhousing. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, this is a beautiful family. And, um, and, and, and like, the fact that they're attacking Mike, it, I, I want to be clear, it's not just because he has a black son. It's not just because they don't like him for some reason and call him a little bitch and say, we're going to steal the airport from him, uh, from his district. Uh, it's because he's the only actual progressive on city council until Nithya arrived, mm. but a very lonely road as the only person standing up for working people of all races. And he makes them look bad. And so what they do in response is to demonize him to make themselves feel better that no, Mike Bonin's not making us look bad. He's the one who is the problem. And it, it's borne out in the policy. If you look at the policies, Mike's stuff doesn't get passed. And, and if you know stuff on the inside, Mike's stuff doesn't get agendized by Nuri because she doesn't like him. She doesn't like that he makes her look bad because he's actually progressive. And it, it, it's shocking, you know, like there was, it, it, it's not just about like petty shit. Like in COVID, at the very beginning of COVID, Mike and his team worked to create what was a truly transformational and brilliant eviction protection that would have converted all of the rental debt that people owe to their landlords into consumer debt so that A, it's easier to pay off, and B, you cannot be evicted because of it. And even during this moment, at the beginning of COVID, when everybody knew that it was their duty, their responsibility to help people, Nuri and Mitch made a competing motion that had everything except that and a couple other good things. And yet, Mike's vote or Mike's uh, motion, the good eviction ban, it only came one vote short of passing and you know whose vote that was not nuri not gill not kevin mitch o'farrell mm -hmm. which really says a cool. lot yeah but he's not cool man whoever did that graffiti <laughs> he is not cool dude and what's crazy i mean the audacity of him sitting in as interim president too over you know overseeing the council meeting is just very offensive considering how he was basically second in command of all of this Right. The only stuff. reason that he is presiding, the only reason, and I want to be very clear, everybody should know this, the only reason he is presiding council president is because Nuri handpicked him oh, to wow. be her number two. Wow. There was no vote. There was no nothing. Yep. It was purely an appointee by Nuri rewarding his loyalty. 
imagine the conversations they had behind closed doors oh if God. she was talking that openly with the people that she wasn't actually even friends with on the city council. Mitch is probably like breathing a big sigh of relief, like, oh, fuck, thank like, God. It wasn't, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't that meeting. It wasn't that million other meetings that we did. Um, well, yeah. I think I think um, Bonin's speech gave a good segue into, I think, the next big piece of this, because he mentioned not only the racism and there's other stuff that we're not playing. Like there's a they're talking about Koreatown and, and Nuri and others are joking about the like what village did these little brown people come from? I mean, honestly, like the the way that that Kevin and she's calling them ugly. Yeah, she keeps saying like fail, 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 fail. fails. Yeah, I mean, and let's be clear, this is anti-Latino. This is like these are yeah, yeah, this is anti-indigenous Ohakan, which and LA has the largest Ohakan community in the entire Mm -hmm. country, and you are a Latino disparaging other. Well, she, re- you know what she reminds me of, Abby, is when we were in Venezuela and we went to the opposition mm-hmm. protests and it's all these like rich, really light skinned Venezuelans, like white Venezuelans mm-hmm. who are wealthy and they just hate the darker skinned Venezuelans and poor Venezuelans. Like she looks and acts like exactly like yeah. the people I and encountered at that yeah. demonstration. She but- said, where are their shoes? She was like, why aren't they wearing shoes? Who are these little oh people? God. What village do they come from? Jesus. And it's like. I missed the shoes comment. Fuck yeah. So, well, she's gone now and uh, hopefully gone forever, but probably not. But these other two guys were there. So let's get into the the kind of corruption aspect of this, because as you mentioned before, Josh, this meeting was actually about redistricting. It wasn't about it wasn't just getting together to talk shit about black people and Jewish people Mm -hmm. and Armenian. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it wasn't about it wasn't about doing racism. It was about doing crimes. (laughs) Be clear. Yeah. So, um, and so Bonin says that in his speech, he, he talks about the, the pain of the, the racism that he heard, but also about the massive effort to disenfranchise. And this plays very much into what you're describing, Josh, about how they don't hate Mike, hate Mike Bonin for any other reason than he is actually a progressive. And, and the fact that it's not just Bonin now, but Nithya on the city council, uh, Eunice's winning and being the council person elect, uh, Hugo having a real shot at unseating his opponent. And so that would make, you know, so they, the, the city council, the traditionally right wing democratic establishment city council is now faced with the fact that they live in a very Bernie heavy, a, a very a DSA active place uh, where people have recognized that you could actually engage in local politics and win some victories. So they're, of course, feeling very threatened by uh, not just the victories that have happened, but the ones that are looming and threatening their real you know, rule over the city, a very big city. And of course, L.A. being a city where a lot of political careers are made for people who are establishment Democrats. And so explain- and the full audio mentions um, Hugo by name, yep. Eunice's as Gil's opponent. And Nithya, of course, and they they all talk about basically how they're the political enemies and they're all against yes. us. So yeah, continue. Right, and so it's fueled. Yeah, by thank that. you for their endorsement. Thank right. you so much. I just want to say, <laughs> Kevin, Nuri, Gil, Ron, if you're listening to this, big ups, dude. Thank you for that line. <laughs> so explain what's happening here with the redistricting. Like, what is what are they actually plotting here, and why is it so uh, scandalous? Sure, it's the local version of gerrymandering. I mean, to put mm-hmm. it very simply. Right. Uh, every 10 years, the city council, you know, in, in conjunction with uh, the census, uh, you know, goes, oh, there's more people here. Oh, there's fewer people here. Oh, you know, and, and this is the thing, like race is actually a very important discussion in this. And like as like a materialist socialist, like uh, I'm like, yes, it is important uh, because we're talking about splitting up communities. So it's like and, and also giving communities 
um, more representation. Race plays a huge part. Um, Koreatown forever has been the plaything of um, the powerful during redistricting. And, and there has been a concerted effort to destroy Korean voter power and Korean organizing in our city by splitting up. I mean, they've done this. Koreatown's like in five fucking districts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's it, it also happens to be the largest, most multicultural, most renter-heavy place in the city. Mm-hmm. Huh, interesting. Uh, so so what, what they're doing is they are on paper creating new equitable districts that allow for voter representation along race and class lines. But in reality, what they're doing is they are fucking each other over and protecting themselves by, for example, uh, one of the part, one of the, the redistricting uh, moments, one of the big conflicts in this is between Gil, Mitch, and Nuri. And there's, so our redistricting um, uh, process, unlike the state of California and cities that actually in any way at all demonstrate in even a tiny bit that they care about equity, um, we are a not, we have a non-independent redistricting commission already. We, we have a, a commission that is based on political appointments. And yet, they, these people handpicked by the politicians, couldn't come to something that Nuri and these people in this room, uh, representing the sort of establishment coalition, could get on board with. So they had to do it themselves. And so th- at this meeting, uh, they're presenting two maps. There's one map um, that... Uh, is better for Mitch, and there's one map that's better for Gill because they have, uh, uh, you know, neighboring council districts, and they are in a place where they are um, uh, uh, both looking for the same type of voter, which is a rich homeowner. That's what they're trying to get in these discussions, is rich homeowners. And so... uh, in addition to that, they're trying to get low inform. Gill is trying to get very low information Latino voters, but they're both trying to get you know the developer types, and so you know Nuri is protecting her her guy as quoted her guy Mitch uh, at the expense of Gill, and so what what ends up happening is that there is a a, a thing that's hammered out where they both get what they want and it's borne out in the election results where mitch only won the precincts that he added in redistricting those are the only precincts he won in his entire fucking election um so like uh what what they're doing right is is not just that but then they're also trying to create the board right they're 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 using this to create the chessboard if they fuck with district 10 which is a historically black district um, like uh, it, it, that has had black representation for years and years, uh, you know, multiple council members on down the line, I think three or so, possibly more. Um, when they fuck with that, what they're doing is they're saying, okay, let's make sure that there's not um, a concentration of black voters here. Um, this is really, the racism is bad, 
But this is the truly horrifying thing, is in order to get what they want, they are destroying the black community in Los Angeles by moving them around into all these different things and making it impossible for them to vote for somebody that I might actually represent their values. And, and making it so that this political machine that they run can go in and win. But the thing is, is that even though they're doing all of this shit to try to make the board exact and, and to succeed at making the board exactly what they want, they still fucking lose because they're so incompetent. It's, I mean, I've, so they're meeting to rig the election, basically. I mean, it's they're meeting to rig the election, and, but not just to rig the election to to rig their own um, success because if they get the airport mm-hmm. right, it's a ton of jobs. Yeah, so it's also about getting creator. money. Yeah, it's also about getting yep. money and doing deals with all these big investors. So it's yep, just wheeling exactly. and dealing. And it's uh, like, as you mentioned, so that comment about like, oh, Gascon, he's with the blacks. The mm-hmm. the resentment you hear all three of them towards the blacks. I mean, it's it's racism, but it's also about power mm-hmm. and wanting to, yes. to split apart the black voting block to, you know, give themselves more power over and take, take away power from that uh, voting community. It's... Seems and, pretty bad. And that's why I, f- I forget if it was Leon or Sadio who was just like, yeah, like the black people are like the Wizard of Oz where you think that it's like way more, but it's really just like five people shouting. But they just seem yeah, like 25 blacks yeah. shouting. Yeah. Oof. Uh, yeah, yeah that was Kevin DeLeon. Yeah. 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 Kevin DeLeon said that. Uh, I think um, I have a theory about why they are so hesitant to step down. Um Kevin DeLeon in particular, uh, he just posted one of his last posts on Twitter before he went dark from the scandal broke. He was uh, tweeted about how he's a new homeowner. And up until one year ago, he was a renter and that he finally made it, was able to buy a house. You know, city council people in L.A., they make like 300 K a year. That's, you know, it's like it's like, um, yeah, 200 K plus Benny's. That's that's Mm -hmm. not bad. So um, these guys probably want to hold out as long as they can to. be collecting the paycheck still while they figure out, you know, they're probably going to be unemployable for a minute once they get out. You got a mortgage to pay. You're like, shit, how many more paychecks? How many more fucking $30,000 paychecks can I squeeze out of the city taxpayers before I have to to sell my house? I just read Nuri's statement. It is unbelievably fucking abhorrently well, bad. Read some of it. I mean, it, there's nothing to read because she doesn't address the comments. She literally just doesn't address anything. She just goes on and on for like 20. I mean, I didn't read the whole thing because it's so fucking long, but I can see it's just all these personal accolades of all the things that she's done in her career, all the people who've helped her. And she doesn't say one word about what she did, about being embarrassed, about why she's leaving. She basically is just full of contempt, you know, and then at the end, she's just like, okay, like I need privacy as I'm like dealing with what happened while I look while I take the time to look inwards and reflect I ask that you give me space and privacy that's the only comment that she makes that even insinuates that it's something about it's, these yeah, horrific she's, she's comments she's going through something she's going through something yeah. give she her privacy but it's so crazy it's just all the shit that she has done for everyone I've never seen a statement quite this self-involved for something that's so scandalous before. This is pretty amazing, man. Really audacious. And Mike, um, I just sent you something about who her husband is, which yes, I think explains yeah, a lot yeah. too. Um, her husband works for Sheriff. Yeah, Villanueva. For, Villanueva. For Angelinos, he's 
a real bad dude. He's a real fucked up guy who's basically, can you talk a little bit about this guy? That's her husband works for this guy. Yeah, the word fascism is thrown around a lot these days. Um, but if you arm your supporters by giving them gun permits that other people don't get, that gets pretty close, right? What? He did that? Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, he just did that very recently. Um, he also, um, so I'm, I'm sure people have heard of the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department gangs, um, the literal. Google it yeah. if you haven't heard of it. LASD gangs. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, literally neo Nazis, like, like, like literal, like, like they're called like the the Linwood Vikings. Uh, this is also um, where the these um like trophy tattoos are. There was a big scandal about that. It's when the to be basically to be in uh, in into the gang or let into the gang, you or uh, I guess a badge of honor in the gangs is uh, shooting someone. It gets you like one badge of honor, but if you shoot and kill them, you get another one. So a lot of these. It's called, and then it, you get a tattoo to commemorate it if you do it. So it's like a lot of these police killings out in LA are, are sheriff's department guys who are quote unquote chasing ink, meaning they want to get put a bullet in someone so they could get the tattoo that commemorates them shooting someone. And so a lot of them have them. And it's, uh, in fact, I think the the FBI is involved in an, or Justice Department is involved in an investigation of it because it's that that scandalous. But uh, yeah, Sheriff Villanueva and, and, is like and the leader of it. Yes, and and he um, just to put a fine point on it, um, you know the, what one of those killings looks like. The uh, somebody from the executioners gang. Um, they call uh, they call it the executioners. They they, they call it the executioners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, L.A. baby, it's all about saying the lab part. <laughs> uh, so it they they killed a kid, like a teenager, mm-hmm. who was at work at a job as a security guard. Mm-hmm. And he was running away from them when they pulled up their guns because he's a little brown kid in South Central who is terrified of a cop holding their gun and didn't do anything. Um, and they shot him in the back like 10 times. Mm-hmm. Um, that kid's name was uh, Andres Guardado. And um, he is the son of a man that Ugo uh, uh, organized into the union and is the reason why Sheriff Inouye is so bad that like unprecedented things are happening, like the labor movement um, because of uh, a lot of Ugo's work is now enjoined in this uh, struggle against police violence in a way that I don't think is happening in other cities. It's and it's all because of how bad Villanueva is. It's a wild place, man. When you really get into city politics, um, you know, another facet of this redistricting plot that was uncovered in these tapes. A lot of it is like it's anti-renter, right? I mean, it's really trying to to make things harder for renters in this city, as. You know, like I encourage anyone to to go on to Zillow right now and search the L.A. area and just look at what home prices like. And you can go on Zillow rentals, too, and see what that is like. But it's fucking crazy. I mean, I feel like it could be like the biggest bubble in the country. Like, it's so wild. But a lot of what's behind that is is the kind of actions of the city council that have paved the way for that. And this redistricting plot was was really trying to further advantage like real estate speculators and make things even harder for for renters. Is that true? And this is what really gives away the game is that Latinos are overwhelmingly renters, right? Uh, Like working class Latinos, I think rent at like a a 70 or 80% clip, you know, like uh, the other ones like live with family and friends, right? So like uh, it's, 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 it's very clear that this is about absolutely like a class-based dominance and this is where the nithia stuff comes in and this is why 
they created maps that destroyed, and I'm not making this up, that, uh, as Kevin DeLeon said, put her in the blender uh, and took away... Now, Nithya Raman got the most votes of any city council member in history. Uh, wow. And she was greeted by uh, a, uh, a redistricting plot that was going to, according to the maps that they were creating, get rid of either 73 or 78 percent of her district what uh like yeah or a hundred percent of her <laughs> okay. district drop her into a brand new district of latino homeowners up in the north valley um to just be like fuck you you're out of here um and and that's why they keep saying she can't have her district of renters she can't have her district of renters we can't have a district of renters right because they understand <laughs> that that means the end of not only them but their benefactors and their fucking like future. If if renters get a real grasp of control on this city, it will never go away because renters are this this city. Uh, I believe that 63 percent of the, the city or 68 percent of the city rents. And if you look at it, that means that there are millions of renters versus thousands of landlords and they conflate the two constantly the best example of this right which takes on a whole new light now that we know their overt anti-tenant uh, uh strategies is the recent removal and repealing of the covid tenant protections that happened like two weeks ago and that was driven by nuri and mitch and it, it, they kept talking about these Latino um, small mom and pop landlords, right? Like Nuri just was like making a whole scene about it, about like this is hurting people in my district, the the small Latino mom and pop landlords who scraped and clawed and and blah blah blah. And what she wasn't saying was and who don't want a job, who don't want to work. Nobody wants to work anymore. You know what I mean? Uh, and 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 so like. I, for one, think, and, and I'm hoping that this is going to happen, and certainly if enough of the progressive ca uh, candidates, including Aaron Darling, if you're on the West side, um, oh, my God, just very quickly, quick tangent that's just mm -hmm. very fun. Aaron Darling, civil rights lawyer, um, suing sued the city of Los Angeles on behalf of uh, uh, many, many uh, uh, groups. He was also a an eviction lawyer uh, uh, who was uh, suing slumlords on behalf of you know uh hurting tenants uh he's running against a a lawyer named tracy park who is a union buster uh who also uh <laughs> she literally last year defended the city of anaheim and a a, a manager at their public works department who said the n-word around his only black employee multiple times made jokes about his genitalia and didn't give him promotions because he was black while bemoaning the idea of diversity requirements. And Tracy defended him. And two days before the story broke, Nuri endorsed her. Wow. I mean, So this anti-blackness, yeah. it's, it's everywhere. It shows a lot about the city politics here and 
and that there's like a real like segregation in Los Angeles. I mean, there really is. I mean, that's it's it's, it's visible. Absolutely, I mean, you could you could see it, and then behind the scenes in politics, uh, it definitely is too. And it also goes to show that while three city council members seem to be doomed, one is out, the other one's looking to head out. There's others, Mitch O'Farrell, and others on the city council who you know. Paul Koretz. I do want to yeah. bring up Paul Koretz yep. on this one, mm-hmm. who's running against Kenneth Mejia for controller. Uh, Paul Koretz. Um, during there was, <laughs> we want to talk about more rampant anti-blackness. One of the biggest uh, Democratic donors in Los Angeles was a serial killer of gay black men. Excuse um, me. <laughs> was it yes. His name, is, his name is Ed Buck. Uh, his name is Ed Buck, and he would um, pump. Um, uh, uh, Black young black male victims full of drugs, and uh, to the point where he would he basically he did like a purposeful ODing where he killed them with injected meth, and and he uh, when that when when that came out Paul Koretz was like, oh, um, uh, oh God, what was the exact line? It was horrific. It was like these are just um, oh I'm sorry, you know, disadvantaged black hustlers were trying to take advantage of him, something like that. Um, he also, after uh, fucking um, George Floyd, uh, there was a massive protest in Los Angeles wherein the cops definitely burned their own old police car uh, because the car was like 20 years old and had no business oh, being yeah, on we the were street. There for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, right when yeah. Abby went into labor. <laughs> It was in the burning cop car. Yeah, well, right next Uh, to it, actually. It's a true story. That is is incredible. Um, And so after that all went down, Paul Koretz got on the news and said, yes, oh, you know, what happened to George Floyd was horrible, but what the looters did were just as bad. Holy shit. Well, uh, hopefully what has happened is kind of precedent-setting in terms of the, uh, you know, kind of turning a corner with what is acceptable on the city council because there has been a great deal of mobilization around what has happened. You know, this isn't just a scandal that exists in the headlines, but, you know, uh, as of this recording, yesterday was the first, yesterday, right, Abby? Today's Wednesday. Tuesday was the first city council meeting since the scandal broke. And lots and lots of people showed up they filled the city council room they many people were not let inside and so there were big demonstrations outside the city council there was also one last night outside city council that was not during the city council meeting the city council meeting basically like got shut down i don't know if they were able to eventually conduct any business but nope um great uh kevin de leon and gil Cedillo showed up to the city council meeting i don't know what, what they were thinking uh gil pretty quickly got up and left and Kevin tried to sit there and withstand the screaming for a little bit longer until he eventually got up and left. But it was, you know, incredible to see. There's another city council meeting coming up on Friday where I think similar things are planned. And I know that many organizations are actually calling on the progressive members of city council to not show up themselves so they don't have a quorum to conduct business. Because there was a statement signed by many of the city council members calling for the resignation of the three of them. And so a way to exercise that power would just be not showing up, which is a suggestion that's been given from activists. But anyway, so it's um, big, big shift has happened. Um, But yeah, that was pretty cool to watch. I mean, Abby, I know you had a a question going towards the end here, but you also you watched more of the city council stuff than I did. It was I mean, it was it was amazing. Again, like the fact that Kevin and Gil just thought that they could show up and just, you know, sit there and ignore people just screaming at them to leave was very enjoyable. I mean, just a really emotional day really emotional day hearing from black community leaders talking about how deeply offensive and 
intolerable these comments were and how hard it's going to be to repair them and build coalitions moving forward, given that some of the top city officials really were so anti-black, you know, and plotting against them. And it, it, it scars really deep. Absolutely. You know, I was there yesterday. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was some truly unprecedented things that, that happened um, in this meeting. Um, one of which is that um, uh, Aeneas Hernandez, the council member elect, and Hugo Soto Martinez, who we, we've talked about, and um, Isaac Bryan, who is... Um, Aeneas and Hugo did a... Um, excuse me. Aeneas and Isaac Bryan ran Measure J, which um, successfully defunded the sheriff's department by a billion dollars with a B. Um, and uh, they are very tight and a, a wonderful example of black and Latino solidarity. Um, so the three of them were invited into the horseshoe by Mike Bonin. Uh, it's the first time, it, uh, in my knowledge, I've ever seen a candidate for political office stare across a desk at his incumbent opponent uh, inside the city hall horseshoe. And uh, Aeneas is the person who got Gil to leave the first meeting. Ooh. She went right up to him and was like, you got to go. Ooh. Yeah, Damn. postered him, just dunked on him. Damn, dude. She's like... I'm taking your place, motherfucker. Right, give me so, the chair. Give me the, keep, <laughs> just give might as well just yeah, just let me sit down, dude. Like yeah, <laughs> you're done. Yeah, bye bye. Oh man, night night. Bye bye. And Josh, there's also something that's really cool that you were there. I was following your Twitter feed, and I'm super excited about just the momentum to just start fresh. Like it, it's time to clean house, baby. You know, we got these new. New DSA candidates coming in. Hopefully this is just a, a giant revamping of this old, corrupt, rotted through system to really try to embark on a new chapter here. Um, there's also some some cool things on the ballot coming up. Any local Angelinos? Can you give like a little just rundown of what to expect in the election and what people should be paying attention to? Absolutely. And to, to your earlier point very quickly, you know, these campaigns, um, these DSA aligned campaigns, you know, a says who... Uh, does, did her campaign a, a lot with Ground Game LA and La Defensa, the org that she helped uh, create. Um, the, the cool thing about them is they're premised on a multicultural, like, working class uh, coalition, right? Like like Bernie, right? We're, we're going to build a multicultural, <laughs> multiracial, working class coalition. Uh, that That is what these campaigns are premised on. These campaigns are premised on... Um, you know, racial solidarity, right? And and so I am incredibly hopeful uh, that this next crop of candidates I'm going to describe right now, uh, I believe more than I've ever believed after seeing their actions during this time of crisis, that not only are they the right people to lead in this moment, but they're the right people to lead us out of it. I've never been more hopeful for the future of Los Angeles. Um that being said, they have to fucking win first, baby. Then uh, from there, from mayor, the mayor of Los Angeles does not have a lot of power unless you're a fucking like autocrat and you have enough money to get enough lawyers to sue to be able to do shit that you want to do. Um, so fuck Rick Caruso. Uh, in the words of uh, my good friend and yours, Joe Biden, 
uh, if he were to comment on Rick Caruso, uh, tiny town, little town, made a little uh, choo-choo train for the people, uh, for the children. But you know what's under his tree? Dirt. So there's uh, Joe Biden's take on Rick Caruso. Uh, Rick Caruso is going to take every poor person and unhoused person in Los Angeles, and I'm not making this up, uh, and ship them off to a concentration camp in the desert. That was Trump's plan. That is his plan. It, 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 it's, it is our city would die if he was mayor and we have to do everything we can to stop it well it's funny um, it seemed like he was like paying celebrities to endorse him uh, unless they were just total empty shells i mean i don't put it past people like katie perry and all these people who claim to be you know all big on abortion rights and stuff but we know his actual record of flip-flopping between republican democrat you know he, he blows wherever the wind goes you know pouring money into anti-choice candidates in the past so it's just so bizarre. It was weird to see the slew of celebrity endorsements for Rick Caruso. It's like, wait, what? How much is he seriously throwing at you guys? It was really well, you know what's suspicious. Very funny? You know what's very funny is every one of the celebrities had business ties to him. Oh, Isn't that well, weird? There you fucking go. Weird. Isn't that weird that Katy Perry? Katy Perry has a pop-up store at the Grove, and oh, uh, he fucking also, wait. Shit. What's his connection to the Grove? That's he owns the Grove. That's why he owns oh, the shit. fucking Grove. For, uh, God, we yeah, that's why the Grove is a is a very fancy mall. Very nice outdoor mall, the giant fountain and a big Apple store. Yeah, that's why Joe Biden was talking about the tiny town he was building with the train. <laughs> he could be um, he could be mayor of the Grove, or he already is mayor of the Grove. I know that's the problem. He got a taste of it. Mm. Um, and so there's a couple uh, to, to to move away from very bad Rick Caruso. Oh my God! Yesterday, uh, at the height of the city's racial reckoning, I don't know if you saw this, but he was in a debate with Univision um, where. Um, uh, somebody was like, no, you're a white man. And he was like, actually, I'm Italian. That's Latin. <laughs> Shut up. For real? <laughs> it's, there's a clip online. Oh, I promise man. you. So uh, there's a couple just getting back, getting back to the crimes, enough of the race stuff, uh, back to the crimes. Uh, <laughs> there are ballot measures that are very, very, very important. And uh, I'm sure there's a, a voter guide people can access uh, as the election comes up. If you're living in L.A., um, you know, where can people find a, a voter's guide if they want to see the, the recommendations and ballot measures that uh, you just listed? I am so glad you asked. There are two places that I very much recommend. First, OVS DSA. DSA's voter guide is always, always well written and, and funny. Uh, and so <laughs> that's it's what enjoyable. Like, that's what I like in a voter guide. <laughs> it's very long, but you they keep it enjoyable. Read it. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I can say the same thing about the other voter guide, which is knock.la. Uh, they have a voter guide. They're the organization that um, broke. They're the left um, independent news source that broke um, uh, 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 the the full recordings. They got the full recordings first um, of, of this these horrible calls. So they do goddamn great journalism. They also broke the story about the um, the fucking sheriff's gangs. If you Google L LASD gangs, the first thing you'll see is uh, journalist Cerise Castle's uh incredible story and in, in, uh, multi-part story in that. Um, so they have a voter guide as well. Knock.la. Um, so go to DSALA's Twitter or website. Um, go to knock.la. Those are the voter guides. If you have any questions at all, fucking re re like reply to them on social media. Like they're fucking lefties. They're, they're, they're bored. You know, all they want to do is be able to explain politics to somebody. So don't be afraid to ask. They're they're constantly engaging with local officials, and that's really where the power resides. Like we kind of obsessively cover foreign policy, which is the most abstract policy possible. 
And this is it's just an incredible way to get engaged that in a fight that has direct impacts, you know, and things are really happening here and big changes are possible and they are happening. And especially with this purge, um, let's seize it, baby. Absolutely. I would like to remind people that California and Los Angeles are responsible for exporting the worst shit in the world. The SWAT team, we did that. Mm-hmm. Fucking militarized policing in general, we're the first people that to send uh, cops to Israel uh, to learn about insurgency fucking policing. Um, uh, you want to talk uh, Ronald Reagan? You want to talk Richard Nixon? We give the fucking rest of the country the worst shit in the world but if we see this through if we actually win and create like a majority socialist uh city council in the second largest city in the world start building social housing start fucking uh decommodifying the rest of it uh start fucking uh massive massive union jobs programs for climate uh you know green uh uh infrastructure um taking so much money out of the police budget that is being wasted and redirecting it towards mental health uh, and like you know drug addiction services like we can we can be a fucking template for the rest of the country for the left everywhere so pay attention to what's going on here because it's what's going to happen to you next definitely real potential i remember back in i don't know if it was 20 11 or 2012 when Shama Sawant, a member of Socialist Alternative, was elected to the Seattle City Council. And that was that was a big, big moment. I think it was the first time a socialist had been elected to public office in uh, decades. And, and it was huge. And that was just one person on a city council that, you know, I guess has some significance with a port or whatever, but not a huge, massive city. And well, and the $15... The $15 minimum wage yes. came from that. Yes, exactly, exactly. And so, right, it was precedent setting. It, it had a reverberation to that the entire country, just that one victory of a socialist on a city council. Here we are, 2022. We have a lot of socialist and socialist-friendly, socialist-supported candidates uh, potentially taking a majority of a city council, which, you know, um, I think is cool. You know, even though I'm definitely to the left of all those people, uh, i I think that's great. And a lot could potentially come from it that is stimulating for the movement in the same way that the $15 an hour movement was stimulated uh, from the, the victory in Seattle of Shama Salant. Josh Androsky, we really appreciate all your time today and walking us through everything that has happened. Follow Josh on Twitter at ShutUpAndrosky. We'll also link to it uh, in the description. And thanks again, everyone, for joining us on the Empire Files podcast. Thanks so much, Josh. Thank you. And everybody listening, uh, just know that you can be communist and help with local elections, too. It's called the Doctrine of Two Revolutions. Thank you. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Hell yeah, Josh. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate you.